Welcome to the podcast of the ISSM, the International Society for Sexual Medicine. This is your audio update on global topics of sexual medicine, discussed with the best experts that the field of human sexual health has to offer. This podcast is hosted by Shelly Varad, a certified sex therapist from Israel and a media sexologist. We hope you enjoy this episode of the ISSM podcast. fascinating topic I have recently uh, uh, touched and I really wanted to do in this post podcast is about LGBTQIA and today we are honored to have Dr. Dr. Charles Moser which is a sexual medicine physician and I guess he's going to clarify a lot of confusions around this topic so thank you so much for being our guest today okay thank you um, I'm going to start with the questions about all the abbreviation. What do they stand for? The LGBTQIA+. Well, you know, it's sort of interesting because I'll give you a little history. Uh, the, there was a Stonewall riot in New York City in 1969. And uh, that was when a bunch of, when the police raided a gay bar, it was really a trans bar, and uh, and arrested all these people. But what was different was these trans people fought back. And so there was a, uh, there was a riot. And right after that, they started having uh, marches, parades, to honor that, that riot. And it started out as the Gay Freedom Day Parade, and then it was the Lesbian Gay Freedom Day Parade, then it was the Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual Freedom Day Parade. Then it was the Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Trans, Sexual, Transgender uh, Parade. And now I actually had to write them all down because uh, it's the LGBTQIA2S+, which is Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Transgender, Queer or Questioning, Intersex, Asexual, Two-Spirit, uh, uh, parade and it's now and some people add ally and or pansexual wow and if I can't remember it I don't expect anyone else to remember it but they're also very sensitive I mean when I work with clients who I can't exactly define or I ask them about what mainly their sexuality or orientation represent they get a little bit offensive so one of the problems with this is you're guaranteed to leave somebody out, mm. all right? And so I'm gonna just tell you who it leaves out. It leaves out all the BDSM people, non-binary, agender people, gender fluid people, all the relationship identities, the polyamorous, the, uh, uh, um, the uh, throuples, the um, group marriages, swingers, it leaves out demisexual and graysexual people. And so all of a sudden, you've got all these people who are also oppressed, who also are looking for uh, help in, in identifying who they are, and you've left them out. Can you explain for our listeners what is demisexual and graysexual? So there's asexual, which right. means you're not aroused by anybody. There's demisexual, which means you're only aroused by people you have a strong emotional 
attachment to. And gray sexual is people who have a little bit of sexual uh, arousal or sexual interest, but not as much as everybody else. Wow. I keep saying wow because it's so fascinating and you're really clarifying a lot of the terminology. So why do you think it has changed so much over the time? Because as we go on, we're discovering newer groups that are uh, oppressed and who are looking to be heard and to have clarity to who they are. So I, I just want to go back. So I have an alternative. And the alternative is DGRS, Diverse Genders, Relationships, and Sexualities, to cover everybody. Right. Now, I think that's a, a good solution, but um, some people don't. Some people uh, don't want to include all these other groups. Uh, for years, I worked, uh, I was part of the um, group that was putting on the uh, San Francisco parade, and there was a lot of resistance to including the BDSM uh, uh, contingent in the parade because they didn't want to be seen as part of that group. One of the things that I know is whenever anyone gains a little bit of acceptance, the first thing they do is they step on the people below them, and um, that's a problem. And so, um, so these are the um, the people that that we can try and mobilize. And if you put all those people together, I don't think we're minorities. I think we're majorities. Wow. Um, but who decide? Like, I really like your new idea, abbreviations. Mm -hmm. But who is going to decide on the terminology? What terminology is going to be used? How? Well, I think who decides are the people who are using it. Mm -hmm. And if people start saying LGBTQ and, and someone says, hey, that leaves me out or that's not as comprehensive as I'd like, then, and they offer uh, DGRS as an alternative and people like it and start using it, that's what will happen. It's always the people who do it, who say it, but decide. So it's good you just gave us some new terms. Everybody's going to listen and maybe they're going to apply it. Uh, I'm going to ask a little bit complicated question and hopefully we can clarify it. What is the difference between orientation, self-identification, and sexual preferences? Okay, so I can identify as vegan. I don't eat animal products, all right? That's my identity. Yeah. The fact that I had a steak last night is immaterial. My behavior last night was a meat eater, all right? My uh, identity is vegan, and my orientation is somewhere in the middle where I say I really aspire or want or feel most comfortable in, in a vegan space. The same thing is true around sex. So you say, uh, I'm... Uh, I identify as gay, but I have sex with the other sex. And my orientation, and this gets complicated, is my sexual orientation, my gender orientation, my relationship orientation, <laughs> is to, uh, to have some mix of the two, of the three. I think it's just best to say we're fluid without any definition, but I know for some people, they like to be defined. Well, 
and people look for the for the definition for the group to say who they're aligned with. Yes. Yeah, and you, they get support for being mm -hmm. there. All right. In other words, if if I, I was telling this earlier today, when I first started uh, as a therapist, there were I, I saw lots of people who were very conflicted about having a BDSM uh, identification and desires. Well, when the internet took off and they had their own support groups, they stopped seeing me. They didn't need me anymore. They had their support group. <laughs> and people said, yeah, that's who I am. And uh, uh, it used to be, at one point, uh, there was a separate group. There was Bondage and Discipline, BD, and S&M, Sadomasochism. And over time, we've put those terms together. And uh, because there was really no difference, it's just people felt more comfortable identifying with one or the other term. Also, I think before Fifty Shades of Grey, it was people were scared to come out or, or to say that they are into BDSM, and it became very popular, isn't it, after Fifty Shades of Grey? It was actually fairly popular before Fifty Shades of Grey. What Fifty Shades of Grey did was uh, people who aren't into it mm -hmm. became. Uh, uh, understood that this existed. Okay, and in a very sexy way. Um, I do want to ask about gender. So, you know, I, we were creating this app and we tried to put the gender people could choose, but then we realized there's like, I think more than 80 types of genders. I'm like, so how many terms do we actually have today? Well, I, 80 sounds good, but I'm, it's probably 10 times that. Is it? Because everyone makes up their own definition of gender. Because it's not only how I define myself, it's how I define my partners, and how I define my friends, and how my friends define me. And it, so it gets very... Um, Confusing. And, and that's why I like to say diverse genders, because it tries to cover all of those people. I'm going to adopt that for sure. <laughs> Um, I do want to, I have a one last question, uh, which is about a new trend and that we see it a lot in the media recently or Instagram and social media and it's about defining myself as they instead of he or she. Right. This is actually very interesting because my friends who are grammarians are very upset with this, all right, because they is plural. Right. And in in medicine and in therapy, it sometimes is confusing because you don't know who you're talking about. Is they uh, me or is they um, uh, several other people? Um, I always tell, tell the story, there was a patient who had multiple personalities mm -hmm. and uh, uh, identified as non-binary and uh, had um, three partners. All right, so when they said they, I had no <laughs> idea who they were talking this about. Great. Now, that's okay. I'm, you know, we clarified it, but it, it becomes, it can be confusing, especially in a medical or, ther mm -hmm. or a therapy situation. But if people want to use they, that's fine with me. Well, Dr. Charles Moser, and I hope I pronounced it correct. Thank you so much for this conversation and podcast, and we'll probably will have you again in the near future. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the ISSM. For more episodes, please visit our website, 
www.issm.info.